You are listening to Easily Influenced, a weekly show where we unpack the latest in influencer news and digital culture. This show is brought to you by Cork, the UK's leading influencer intelligence and digital trend forecasting agency. I'm Jennifer Adatoro, Cork's culture editor and YouTube enthusiast. I'm Lucinda, Cork's food and travel editor and unofficial drag expert. I'm Chloe, Cork's fashion and beauty editor obsessed with the deepest, darkest corners of fandom. On today's show, we'll be discussing the brothers who squashed their long-running internet feud, the ASA's move to name and shame influencers who repeatedly ignore guidelines, and the arrival of Spotify's clubhouse rival, Green Room. But first, our weekly recommendations. So I've been watching Nella Rose's new weekly talk show. It's it's called Girl on Girl, and it's just basically with like, a talk show with her friends or like fellow influencers, like including Annie Drea, Mariam Musa, and Adiola Patron. And they just basically sit and just discuss like a series of topics, like depending on like dilemmas. So it's like maybe like relationship dilemmas or like, for example, there was one recently, it was something to do with how would you feel if your boyfriend or your partner's mum didn't like you? So stuff I love like, things uh, like that. Yeah. And then there's like another part of the show where they where she has like three options. So it's like, would you rather have a big following, money, or I can't remember what the third option was. I think it was something to do with oh, a good reputation. That's it. Money, money. Money, yeah. Money. You have to pick two. You have to pick two out of the three. Oh, money uh, and a good reputation. I don't care if people follow. Yeah, me. money and a good reputation. See, I would go money and big following just because I can make more money out of my big following so I can keep my money for longer. But surely I can't like, make if money you have my reputation. <laughs> but surely if you have the money, like I'm assuming you have that for life. Like I'm yeah. rich for life now. I don't like, want to have it, to like Is it like an income or writing like a lump sum? Because it's I think gonna it, keep coming. I think it would be an income because a lot of them were making the point that you can have a big following and you you might not necessarily be able to make the, you know, big amount of money. So I think, yeah, it'd probably be like an income. Okay. In that case, I'll go for reputation. Yeah. Yeah. To be a rich person and also for everyone to like you, that's rare. Rare. And Very rare. Like more opportunities as well. Because then brands will want to work with you and they'll be like, this person has a good reputation exactly (laughs) exactly and you can sleep at night as well yeah that sounds really interesting I like the sound of that I love people like talking about dilemmas and problems yeah same I love that it's like in every episode as well that was just I think that was the most recent episode which is why I remember it but yeah it's a really good show I would definitely recommend I love things like that I love that kind of format yeah Mm. and it just works vanilla because she kind of came up doing like formats like that where she would have discussions so it just suits her brand but now it's like way more like professional and like produced really really well and like so many memes have come out of it on TikTok like it's actually really funny like she I can't remember why she said it but she said something like I want to be in Dubai in a bikini on a yacht she said it in, in the first video which is almost like a million views uh, might I just say. that's insane but yeah, like high quality sense. production and then good quality content is such a like lethal combination like mm. if you can yep. get both you are set for life yeah exactly and I'm happy for her because she was quite like down and didn't really want to make YouTube content anymore so I'm glad she's kind of found like you know 
her little area of interest I'm happy for yeah that's nice what about you guys so this past weekend I've been really into Gabrielle Reyes Rise I don't know if I'm saying her name right I'm really sorry if I'm not but she's known as like the musical chef so she's on TikTok and Instagram and she like shares all these really cool recipes for like vegan food but she like sings like sings the recipe to you okay and it's just really nice like she's got a beautiful voice and it's something different as well. Like, I haven't really seen anyone do it. I feel like on TikTok, there's a lot of Joe Wicks wannabes. I'm not going to name names. But people... <laughs> you should name names. <laughs> I'm not going to. I don't want to, like, start any beast right now. Chill week. But, um, like, people just, like, mimicking stuff that's already been done. And, like, she's just here, like, I'm going to sing you the recipe. And it also makes, like, veganism more approachable and, like, less scary and intimidating and judgmental. Mm. which I think is really important for their branding right now. Yeah, I agree. It's very unique. It is very unique. I would recommend her. She's also like on the Food Network and like, she's just, she's apparently quite famous and I've literally never seen her before. And now I'm very glad that I have seen her. I love that. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. What about you, Chloe? (laughs) So there's this journalist, he's an American journalist who basically... I want to be her, but I don't think I can be. Her name is Carly Weisel, and she's basically the intersection of all my interests and in that she used to do, like, lifestyle things. And now she specialises in theme parks, and I just <laughs> I want her life so badly. She just goes to theme parks all the time and reports on them all the time. And, like, Disney invite her to everything. Oh, I should, like, I really want her life. And she's this podcast called Very Amusing. And because she, like, started out in, like, investigative journalism, she, like, investigates, like, really, really niche things that only people who really like theme parks would be interested in. And it's just so interesting. Just like, I really respect the amount of effort that goes into building things like that. And like the art behind it and the architecture behind it. I think it's so interesting. And season two of her podcast is so great. And I just love her. Like, I'm like literally one of those people who when she puts Instagram stories up, I respond to it. I'm like, love this Carly. (laughs) (laughs) Be my friend, Carly. (laughs) And she responds to me, but I feel like it's not like, oh thanks that's so thanks. sweet that's, that she's actually like responding to you yeah yeah so i've been listening to her podcast and it's great i recommend that's really interesting i wish i had like i mean to have a specialist subject and your subject is theme parks you can make life work for you like yeah. i like people like that <laughs> moving on to the news portion of the episode Um, So after being embroiled in a long-running feud, brothers KSI and Deji reunited for a YouTube video on the latter's channel to publicly squash their beef. So for the last few years, these two brothers have been kind of going back and forth with like various diss tracks, various like comments. I'm not even really sure how it started. I think it started with one of KSI's friends. Was it like Ran? Randall yeah his friend and like co-rapper like they rap together yeah co-rapper I had just made that up now but yeah <laughs> it was fine all words are made up before their words mm-hmm. um and didn't Deji like share KSI's like bank details in a music video and then KSI was like what are you doing yeah what oh, yeah which I don't think was was it intentional I don't know but who knows? But like he also accused KSI of like physical and emotional abuse. Mm. Um, and then like used like videos to kind of share as an example. And then K- KSI kind of debunked that 
by showing the full videos and not just like the little snippets that Deji had shown um, and said that everything was kind of taken out of context. Um, and their parents also got involved as well, which I... Mm, I didn't agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Deji was saying that KSI came over for Christmas and they got in a massive fight and that yeah. he was being abusive towards their parents and like KSI was making their parents cry. And I was just a bit like, why are you getting all these other family members involved so publicly? And Deji lost a lot of followers, like thousands of followers, and then kind of has been quite quiet since then, which I'm kind of assuming that they solved it behind the scenes. And then obviously, what was it, last week where Deji had that boxing fight? Yeah. Another boxing fight, obviously. YouTube versus TikTok. Um, and he lost so that's like the second second boxing match he's lost now yeah um and in the video that it's more of like they say it's like a reunion but it is basically the two of them talking about Deji's loss and like where he went wrong and but it's quite a sweet video in that KSI is like obviously sitting next to him and being like the reason you lost is because of these reasons like yeah you, you didn't you didn't train hard enough you know you didn't train hard enough and not in like a condescending manner it was just like matter of fact like this is why you didn't win and Deji is like taking it really well and I think that shows yeah. like personal growth and a lot of the people in the comments were like this is so good because you're like accepting the criticism and you're working through it and hopefully yeah. you can become like a better person for it as well yeah I think also partly it kind of shows how communication has probably helped their relationship because I think where you know in the past maybe Deji didn't really appreciate the tone and the manner that KSI spoke you know to him and now you can kind of see that KSI's sort of like he's not as aggressive and as harsh as he used to be and especially when you watch like the sidemen he's still very much like that to the other members but I guess that's their banter and they they can do that with each other but I think now he's respecting Deji's boundaries and he's like okay I can't go as far but it's been really nice to see sort of like this bromance between the two because even after Deji lost the fight case I tweeted him like um because Deji tweeted something like I'm a failure I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. and case I was like no you're not a failure you tried and that's all you could have done. And I was just like, oh, this is so cute. It was <laughs> so sweet. sweet. And it's in the so, video so as well, where he was like, everyone pretty much hates me. Like English YouTube oh, hates yeah, me. And really he's cool. like, like, he's like, that's not true. You can't think like that. He's like, yeah. you can't think that everyone hates you because that's just going to like, you're going to create a mental block and whatever. And it was just like, I don't know. It was just, I oh, love it when like brothers support brothers. And, yeah, like, same why do famous brothers like never get along? Like, why is this always the case? It's just siblings, though, isn't it? it? Competition, yeah, yeah. competition. Is it just YouTube brothers though, or is it brothers in the? I feel field like fa- yeah, just like famous brothers. Shouldn't mix family and work all the time. I agree, but yeah, in this digital world that we live in, everyone loves to do that. <laughs> Everyone does love to do that. But I feel like we've reached a good point for KSI and Deji. Like they're finally like moving forward and they have a future where they're not going to be at each other's throats slash making weird distracts about one of them getting someone pregnant. Yeah, hopefully we can move away from that. I mean, at least from KSI's part, like I feel like he's matured a lot. He um, has. I was watching his uh, Celebrity Bake Off clip this morning. Oh and my I was gosh, just I was like, watching. wow, you've really yeah. matured. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was really nice. It was. It's, it's so weird, but I mean, it's really nice to see. Mm. But anyway, because we're starting to sound like fangirls. Um, I do never, <laughs> I never want to be associated as a KSI fangirl. So <laughs> moving on. 
Spotify globally launched its Clubhouse rival Green Room on both iOS and Android following its acquisition of Betty Labs, the company behind the sports-focused app Locker Room. Um, and while, you know, Locker Room was dedicated to sports, um, Green Room is now being expanded to cater to music and culture and like entertainment, which is really, really cool. Um, and I went on it the day it launched because I was really nosy and I wanted to know what it was like. And it just, it's so weird. It just feels like you're on Spotify, but then like you're on Clubhouse, like a Spotify version of Clubhouse where everyone is just so excited to be there, I guess, because it's open to everyone. It's not restricted, but it also feels like it's going to be very interest-based. Like I can see, for example, Chloe, like a lot of music fans and stands Mm. creating rooms on there. Like, you know, with Twitter spaces the other day when like K-pop stands kind of, exceeded like the limit by hosting a space with over forty five thousand stands in it i can see it's crazy green room being like that i genuinely feel yeah. like it's more niche focused like niche and interest focused rather than oh elon musk is on this app let's all flock to clubhouse and hear him speak you know what i mean or there's this yeah. opportunity to speak to a celebrity let's all go here i think it's genuinely made for people who are part of that community culture where you like to discuss things or like, you know, like back in the day when you used to have like fan clubs, like it feels very much like that. I think I'd use it more because of that. Like, because yeah. I only used Clubhouse a couple of times, maybe because I always found it like it really ugly. <laughs> it is <laughs> very ugly. It's a little bit ugly. No yeah. It's really ugly. Like what um, is this cream and white layer? Yeah. Mm. And I felt like it was effort to like actually like, I don't know, go on it, go in the room. But if it's on Spotify, which I'm already going on a lot, and like you said, if it's fan-related, I mean, obviously One Direction fandom is kind of in limbo right now. <laughs> what, what, where are we going to go from here? But at the height of it, I imagine the rooms would have been incredible. So yeah. Yeah. I wish it could have launched like eight years ago. That would have been great. <laughs> it would have. But I guess we're just going to have to see how it plays out with K- K-pop stands. Like I'm so jealous that I didn't get a chance to go into that room but Mm. in green room like I remember on the first day I just saw like on the calendar they had all these different rooms like about different music artists they had a room similar to that podcast that I uh, mentioned last week um dissect which was about like sort of analyzing Kanye's album because it was like his birthday like that week and I just found that really really interesting because I can definitely see that format happening in green room because I guess it's, you know, Spotify, like Spotify encourages discussions around music, around culture. Um, and I just feel like that's something that's just makes it stand out in comparison to Clubhouse because Clubhouse is quite chaotic and invites anyone and everyone. Yeah. So. Ooh. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I feel like I should end on just, ooh. Oh. <laughs> I think it's exciting. I mean, I don't really understand clubhouse i mean i do understand it but i don't know i'm just not an active user on it although i like the idea of it like it sounds like a a good idea and it sounds like something i'd be into but just for some reason it's just not clicked with me yet yeah um how would you feel about so like there was this clubhouse room that i posted where they were like introducing their new product which was like a big steam bacon roll or or something like that and so they just streamed the sound of sizzling bacon like (laughs) 
for like a good amount of time like how do you feel about food rooms like that because I think that would me, be very popular it's like ASMR basically yeah exactly and I feel like I don't know why but I feel like food brands are very hesitant to adopt Clubhouse as a format so I think that sort of experimentation is really interesting why they would be I've, you know you're right they are hesitant to do it but also there's so many popular like food podcasts out there like loads of really popular ones so it shouldn't be too hard for them to kind of understand why clubhouse can be useful and how it can be useful for products but yeah we'll have to we'll have to see i don't know how i feel about listening to foods sizzle i feel like that's very much like a separate world where i don't know AS, I don't, I'm not into ASMR personally. I can't even stand the sound of people eating that are sitting next to me. Unless I'm also eating. Same. Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, you can get creative with it. You can definitely have people talking about food. You could have people like you, that they do on podcasts or radio shows. Like there's loads of popular like food radio shows on like BBC4 and stuff. Um, you could have, you know, like chefs and like panel events, basically. You just don't, you're just not seeing them. That's the only difference. Yeah. You could have cook-alongs. You know, and cook-alongs alongside the sounds of the food. So it's like ASMR, but also like someone talking, I think is a really, could be a really good combination. Um, yeah. I suppose for many people though, like food is very much like the visual component is quite important as well, which I do That's understand. True. But it's not all just about cooking the food. Some people just want to talk about the food. Yeah, exactly. I'd be down for that. <laughs> Well, maybe you should make your own room. Maybe I should. Maybe I should just do it. You know, if it's not out there, you should just do it yourself if you want it to be. Yeah. <sighs> That'd be so good. Just like me, my top 10 favorite pasta dishes. And then I just rank them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we're meant to be talking about social media. So we're going to go back to that. <laughs> Um, so the Advertising Standards Authority, um, or the ASA, so it launched a dedicated web page last week to name and shame influencers who repeatedly failed to disclose their advertising. Um, so lots of people will post, for example, beauty content, and they will just rave about the product, but never mention that it's been gifted to them or paid for advertising, anything like that. So the people that they singled out include Chloe Ferry, Jodie Marsh, Lucy Mecklenburg, and Chloe Kahn who are all reality people, aren't they? I think so. They're all reality people. Yeah. um, Which is quite interesting. So the named influencers are going to be on the webpage for three months and they're going to be subject to a period of like enhanced spot checks. So if they break the rules anymore, then the ASA can take out further sanctions and they'll work with social media platforms, have the content removed or possible fines. I personally feel like, it feels like kind of an empty threat because I just don't think that it will ever escalate to the point of Instagram being like, oh, we've got to kick you off the platform now because I just don't think they care enough. Yeah. And I I just think the ASA, like, it's good that they're actually naming and shaming them because I feel like the embarrassment will get to these people more than anything. It was, um, but it's quite intense, isn't it? But, when I yeah. It, I was like, whoa. Just like, it's as if the like on the run and they're wanted and it's yeah, like, exactly. keep an eye out for these guys um but yeah. I find it's interesting that it's reality people because I do notice it's like the love islanders who failed to put up the notices the most about ads yeah yeah and I don't know why that would be maybe because they just haven't they were kind of like thrown into content creation it wasn't really like 
they didn't yeah. build up that platform they're just not thinking just about it them. but wasn't there like so many not scandals because i don't think actually her audience cared that much but wasn't molly may doing it like all the time and like being constantly yeah to out? be fair some of them they're targeting her (laughs) they are some of them were really unfair like it was one where she was wearing clothes from pretty little thing and they were like oh well you have a long-term partnership with them so you should say that this is an ad but it wasn't part of her like partnership yeah but then she was still like reprimanded for it i just thought they like to use her as like an example for everything because people know who she is yeah it goes both ways like on one side it you know is good to have that like a high profile influencer that you're using to set you know a standard but then at the same time it feels very attacking like I feel like they're always on her case which I think is is partly unfair to her because so many people are much worse yeah so much worse especially other love islanders are so much worse they don't declare anything and is that the case though for these people where like I feel like the rules are a little bit complicated and they're not maybe yeah. set out mm. as clear as possible. Because obviously if you're an influencer and you think that you don't have to put an ad, like to say that it's an ad on your post, you're not going to do that. You're like, obviously you're not just going to put it on everything because that exactly. doesn't like get as much like higher engagement. So I, is it possible that some of these people just genuinely didn't realise and that the rules aren't as clear as they could be? I think so. Yeah, I also think that obviously the reality people are the ones who tend not to tag things the most, but I feel like they chose them because these are the people who like a wider audience will know who they are. But like I have so many YouTubers and Instagrammers in mind who are just like regular content creators. They weren't reality TV people who never declare their content their sponsored mm. content and like I will glad I'll make my own website naming and shaming <laughs> if I have to. but like I notice it and it annoys me so much sometimes because it's not even just like a, a gifted thing it'll be a full-on ad and at no point do they ever declare it mm. and there's one youtuber I really want to name and shame but it's just mean for me to be like you never do this Emily Cannon never declares any of her YouTube ads or like all her Instagram ones and it'll be so obvious there was one once oh, this was a hair thing and she was going on about it for like 10 slides on her Instagram story or something and at no point did she declare it as an ad and I was like you are not out of the good of your heart advertising this because she was just like you know and it's the kind of like look what it does to my hair and it's like mm. it's nothing like exciting so it's not something she's just being like wow this is great it was just like a really obvious forced ad and she does it for so many things and never ever gets called out for it actually no that's a lie I think she got called out for it once but she deserves to be on this website I just think yeah. it's bad manners people who don't declare ads because you've got, yeah. you've got a responsibility to your audience to be like I'm genuinely either recommending this just because I think it's a good product or I am being paid just be open about it it's rude yeah exactly do you think um it differs like depending on on countries because I do feel like Americans are I feel like I know more when I watch an American YouTuber whether I'm watching sponsored content or you know gifted content more than I I do with a UK YouTuber for example yeah I kind of get that which I find interesting because they don't have to declare it do they yeah they don't but I find that they it's more to do with they're not paying me so I'm not going to say it whereas Mm. they have that mentality and I don't know why I feel like that's then made them a bit more transparent with whether they're yeah I feel like they're more likely to have like proper contracts in place as well where like they'll have proper meetings with brands about how they you know how they want to promote a product and also what the brand wants them to say and stuff and then because of that American mentality where they're like well 
do business get paid that sort of thing yeah like, exactly. they're, they're more than happy to be like and this is what I'm doing and then also because Mar- Americans as an audience accept that they're okay mm. with it like it doesn't really affect like the audience are like I appreciate that you need to make money and that's fine I think yeah. it depends you know a lot of viewers in the comments are like we're so tired of like sponsored content like stop it stop it to the point where youtubers i watch now are like i'm so sorry but i really have to sponsor this like it was <laughs> like i watched a few youtubers say that because their audience are like we're so tired like we don't want to watch sponsored content anymore like we've had enough um to the point where it does get a bit attacking which is really really interesting because then you as an influencer like you know what do you do in that sort of situation like you you need to yeah. make money but then at the same time like your audience are like we don't want to we don't want to see this so what do you do yeah I feel like with American ones I notice this quite a lot that the the brands they work with sometimes are so like they they don't gel with the vibe of the influencer and it's really obvious just like oh you're big like you can advertise this I watched a video the other day and oh what's it called you watched that challenge because I remember you talking about it ages ago and then I started watching them it's where they have like uh like a jubilee uh, Yes, I put it on. I put it on the daily um, breakdown. That, yeah, <laughs> um, but I started watching that, and one of them at the beginning was sponsored by something like really bizarre, and they were just talking about it, and then they were like, "Okay, now time for the video." And oh I was like, God. "I, I like just skipped ahead for the minute because I was like, it's just nothing yeah. to do with the video." Whenever and they're so overt, like all the time with that. I hate that. That's so dumb as well because it's such a poor collaboration. Like, it's not going to really have much of an impact. Mm. And also, like, whenever they say in a YouTube video, like, oh, now I'm doing the sponsored ad bit, I skip immediately. And it's such a shame. You need to get more creative with your brand campaigns and YouTube guys because exactly. there are really good ones out there where it kind of like integrates mm. naturally into the content anyway. And then it's like, I don't mind watching this because I'm still getting something else out of it other than just a like an ad. Yeah. Mm. Like, I feel like with the sort of entertainment sector of YouTube is a bit more creative. Like, I think there was this one time where Nico worked with a brand and it actually fit with his kind of prank and public stunt video. It blended really well. I think it was even two brands in one video, but it didn't feel like it because it was a part of his challenge. And then with the Sidemen, they did like in one of their Sidemen Sunday videos, they were cooking as a challenge, but then they had Nico Chunks and like two other YouTubers to sort of like judge their food. Um, Even though they had like a partnership with McDonald's, part of the like fun and the comedy of the video was like, the judges were like, oh, we're waiting ages. Like, let's order some food. And they ordered McDonald's. And so it's, it just caught sort of, I didn't even realize it was an ad because it kind of worked mm. really, really well until later. I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. That is clever. That's really mm. smart. <sighs> That's what people need to do more of. I suppose mm. it takes time, more time and energy to do that. Yeah, I also think they just need to understand the influencer more. Mm. I think when they try and come up with like a long list of people to work with, and then obviously you don't really have the time to like come up with creative ideas for all of them, or to necessarily like check they're coming up with creative ideas themselves, whatever. It just becomes more of a matter of like throwing it at them and being like, talk about this. Yeah, we just want as yeah. many pe- and as many influencers as possible to all talk about the same thing. And it's just like, people are going to hate that. Mm. Or you could be smart and just create your own YouTube channel, like yeah. in, like Foot Asylum yeah. and bring in influencers and entertainers to create fun content. Because that's what people on YouTube want to see now. Like you want to feel like you're watching something that is entertaining and not like being forced to watch like a five minute sponsorship mm. deal. Like, yeah, it's already set up. Like you already know yeah. that Foot Asylum are the people hosting it. 
yeah. but like that's already done you've already you've clicked on the video therefore you're accepting that you want to like see stuff by for asylum so it's not like exactly it's just natural i love that so smart So moving on to our last segment, like, subscribe, block. So the three people this week we're going to be deciding whether we want to like them, subscribe to them or block them are the top three TikTokers, at least in our minds. I feel like they probably are actually ranking as the top three. Uh, Charlie D'Amelio, Dixie D'Amelio and Addison Ray. So we have to decide whether we want to like, subscribe or block them. So I actually have a lot of trouble knowing which D'Amelio is which. <laughs> Um, as I realised when we were talking about them not long ago that I had them switched around in my mind for, like, months. Um, but I think I know now vaguely which one's which. So I'm going to... I feel quite mean for my reasoning. <laughs> I'm going to block Dixie D'Amelio because I can't listen to her. <laughs> um... I mean, like, I know nothing bad that any of these three people have done. Have they done bad things? I don't know if they've really done anything seriously bad. It's just, like, little things. Like, they are um, entitled. And actually, no, Dixie's done some bad stuff, actually. Okay, then I'm going to block Dixie. And then I'm going to... The thing is, I can't even really visualise Dixie and Charlie's content because it's just, like, in my mind, just this, like kind of awkward dancing and then like them making like stupid funny comments yeah <laughs> and then Addison I just keep thinking about the obsessed song and then her like <laughs> when she was on was it Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel um Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon when she's is doing Jimmy dance- Fallon the one that's friends with Justin Timberlake yeah oh, I don't know okay yeah Jimmy Fallon yeah Fallon. Yeah, yeah yeah Jimmy um, Fallon so it's, it sounds like more of a Jimmy Fallon thing because I want to be dancing yeah that's um true. <laughs> it just like, it made me laugh because obviously the dancing itself was really just kind of like <laughs> but no one can see what I just did but you know just very just awkward but it's like her face doesn't change when she's dancing at yeah all, which kind of scares me um obviously I know that's not like anything well she can help but she can change her face not as in change her face but change her <laughs> expression while she's dancing um so I'm going to Oh, but then I don't know. I don't really want to subscribe to Charlie. Actually, this is really difficult. It shows you quite difficult people. Um, so I am going to block Dixie because um, of the three of them, I find the content something that I really, really, really wouldn't watch. I'm going to... Oh, your heart, Chloe. Like... Okay, <laughs> my reasoning is so superficial for both of these. I'm going to like Charlie because that's the only one that's left for me after this. I'm going to subscribe to Addison because I like her hair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like my reasoning for it. Um, yeah, there we go. So what about you, Asinda? So I'm pretty much going to do the same. I'm going to block Dixie. I'm going to like uh, Charlie and I'm going to subscribe to Addison Ray. And the reasons behind this is I don't like famous, like we were talking about earlier, I don't like famous siblings. And I don't <laughs> like the fact that these two people who are in part of the same family have occupied like the top two spaces for the TikTok following. I don't think that's fair. So I'm going to, and I find Dixie just, just like, I don't know, I do, I find all three of them really annoying. And that's probably because they're young and, mm. like, immature and quite, like you said, 
um, privileged and kind of a bit obnoxious with it as well. And whilst I can appreciate the talent that they must have in, you know, doing the moves and stuff, is it worth having how many followers that they have? I don't think so. So I'm going to, you know, uh, block Dixie like Charlie. Although her music video was so bad. What, Charlie's or Addison's? Wait, am I getting confused? Charlie's? Didn't Charlie release one? No, Dixie released the music video. Oh, in which case, then I'm fine. Dixie's the one I want to block, so that's fine. So, okay, I'm happy with Dixie in the blocking seat and then Charlie in the liking seat and then Addison is maybe a little bit less annoying, but still quite annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And just, I don't, uh, yeah. So, I don't know, if someone had a gun to my head and was like, you have to watch one of these people's content for the rest of your life. It would be it'd be a hard choice, but I guess I'd go Addison. Nothing deep about it. What about you, Jen? Well, I dislike all of them <laughs> quite a lot. Um, <laughs> I find it very frustrating how they have become this sort of representation of t- dancing on TikTok when they basically steal dance moves from black creators to create a watered-down version. Um, so I'm very anti all three of them. But I think I blocked Dixie because I actually didn't. She's just done some weird, weird stuff that I don't know. I just kind of side eye. And I just feel like out of the two, she's like, you know, the least talented. If they were, ta- if mm. you want to call what they do talent. But like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, Jan. Least talented. Um, and then I'm going to like. Addison Ray, just because I'd rather subscribe to, Ch- I feel like Charlie is very young um, and still like, you know, it just reminds me of, you know, typical child star kind of thing. So I'm a bit more mm-hmm. sympathetic with her. Um, and I just feel like, again, like we've said, the parents, I just blame the parents um, in the case of them. So yeah, I would subscribe to Charlie and I would like Addison because I really don't like Addison, but if I just had to like one post, that's okay. That's, that's fine with me. <laughs> and then I can, and then leave. can leave. I find it really interesting. How, like, I don't know if you guys get this, but do any of those three ever never. come up on your TikTok? Never. No. I've never seen them. I don't get any of the dance people really. No. At all. I get a lot of astrology, a lot of food, and a lot of like people ranting and raving about shitty boyfriends. I get a lot of like the black dancers on the on the app. That's what I get. I don't see mm. So when like dance challenges go viral, I see it like on black TikTok, I guess. And then I then see their version of it. And I'm like, wow, like, why does this have millions of likes and views? This this is awful. Like, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> As their face is always yeah, just like. like and the whole like, time. They don't look happy. There's like, no passion yeah. in their dancing. It's like. Mm. And I, I really do wonder what it is. Is it because the children that are watching them it's because they see someone that represents them that looks like them is that is that what it is because i don't i don't understand but surely there are people who look like them who are that's the thing but then they're not doing yeah i'm really trying to understand what it is i think they're just they represent like and they look like the kind of person this kind of female person that america kind of pushes forward as being like the ideal person it's not even that they think that Mm. it's just that they've been told that that's like how you're supposed yeah. to look and how you're supposed to act and then these people come along and they embody that 
and therefore people respond well to it because it's something like a familiar sort of image that they're used to but now this person is being a little bit more relatable because they can dance but not great yeah I don't I, I, that's all I can think of it as being but it's bizarre I like I'm really worried about the three of them and like where their future is heading but yeah anyway that's the end of the episode <laughs> we've decided to i think you unanimously have decided to no wait we didn't it wasn't unanimous was it no no so i I think we decided that we're all blocking dixie Dixie. that was by dixie but i think it's two to one that we're subscribing to addison liking charlie okay i think yes so congratulations (laughs) addison on yet another win yay and to charlie for getting two likes and subscribe so thank you for listening we'll be back next week with more news thoughts and insights from the influencer space but until then don't forget to like subscribe and follow us for more on instagram at underscore easily influenced and at cork studio see you soon